0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment what i call anchor coaching we'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that and we'll also be talking about just some fun things like Staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. Hey, everyone. So glad that you're back. And this week is our Anchor Thoughts Week. Every other week, we interview a guest, and then on the opposite week, we have what we call Anchor Thoughts. And you know, I interviewed Jody Harris last week, who is a good friend of mine, and she just gave us some great insight on the topic of when church hurts, and she shared her experience of being hurt by the church leadership and how she worked through that and gave us some encouragement on how to work through that through the process of learning what it means to lament and we had such a great response uh, from this podcast last week that I just thought I just felt like God was saying let's just keep talking about that this week as we go into the anchor thoughts and so I'm just going to share a few things with you today that I wanted to talk about the what keeps us from moving forward when we've been hurt by people. you know, People make up the church, right? And so when we talk about when church hurts, we're really talking about when people hurt us and wound us and how do we move on from that? So we talked a lot about that last week, but what I wanted to talk about this week in particular was when we've been wounded by God's people, when we've been wounded and hurt by the church, The temptation is to isolate ourselves to the point of even turning away from God. And you might say, whoa, Cynthia, that's pretty heavy there. And it is. It really is. Because when we have been hurt so deeply by the church and by leadership or just people in the church, period, um, it can feel heavy and it can feel like we're never going to get over it. And then what do we do? How do we how do we move on? How do we reconcile with that? How do we keep going to the same church, which is what we talked about last week? And so, as I said, one of the temptations is to isolate ourselves and in particular isolate ourselves away from God because we've been hurt and our trust has been broken and it's it's really difficult. It can cause us to run away from God and shield ourselves because We may not blame God for it, but somehow we translate it as this happened in church. This must mean that God doesn't like me or my trust is misplaced or he can't be trusted, whatever direction we're thinking about. And so I want to talk about some ways that what happens when we've been hurt by the church, we've been hurt by people, and what that looks like when we isolate ourselves. And the temptation, first of all, is to isolate ourselves. And when we do that, when we remove ourselves from people, when we remove ourselves from the body, from the fellowship, from other Christians, because we've been hurt, what it does, it it can stunt our growth. And those emotions are painful. And we can oftentimes see everything through that lens of those painful emotions. And so we can see everything is bad. We can see every leader is bad. Every person is bad if we've been hurt by the church because the pain has been so deep. And so we we isolate ourselves. And then what it does is it stunts our growth. We're not able to see with God's perspective the second way that we isolate ourselves when we've been hurt by the church or by others is that we, we isolate ourselves from others. Okay, We not only may isolate ourselves from our own self, so to speak, you know, by keeping it our growth and stunts our spiritual growth, but we can also aid, isolate ourselves from others. And what this does is when we isolate ourselves from others, it's a kind of a conscious decision. What that does is it removes us from community that we need because the trust has been broken. Now I'm not saying that that you, you don't deal with it and you don't protect yourself and if you've been hurt by other people, you, sometimes we do need to remove ourselves just temporarily from a situation to be able to process it. But if we do it permanently, we if we isolate ourselves from others, if it causes us to drive back into our own self or drive us completely away from community period, it can be quite devastating for us. And again, it can hurt our growth, it hurts our relationship with people, and it, and it also damages our ability to to really ask God and have him help us to be able to walk the road of forgiveness, and we talked a lot about that last week as well. The other way that we isolate ourselves when church hurts is we and I wanted to camp out on this uh, for a few moments is we isolate ourselves from God because our pain is turns inward, we turn that pain inward. And what it does is it creates a barrier between ourselves and God because we're so hurt from other people that we think that that's, you know, that, that, that that God allowed, well, he, you know, he's not in charge of everybody, right? I mean, he allows things, but he gives us a free will, what I mean. And so people will hurt us. We don't always listen to the Holy Spirit. We do say things and hurt other people at times. And so When we have been hurt so deeply, the temptation is to turn that pain inward and to remove ourselves, even, you know, even kind of be standoffish towards God. Like, God, why did you allow this to happen? What's going on here? And how can we reconcile this? Like, how could this happen? I trusted you, God. I trusted these people. So, our tendency can be an underlying. Sense of breaking away from God and sometimes we don't even recognize when we're doing that and this has been true for me when I experienced my church hurt um, 10 years ago or so my temptation now I knew God was there and I knew that that I needed to run to him I knew that his promises were true I knew he is merciful he is kind he is gracious I know he doesn't hurt me intentionally or he doesn't hurt. He doesn't hurt, right? He loves us. He's a loving God. He's not a hurting God. I mean, he disciplines us like we discipline our children at times, but I know that um, God isn't out to get me, I guess is what I'm saying. And so in my hurt from other people, uh, the deep betrayal that I experience from other people and from some leadership in that because I my trust was so deep with them I really questioned God it, it was confusing for me and so I pulled away from God I didn't want to talk to him I just decided I was going to be angry for a while and I know that God was so patient with me and so gracious with me during that time and he let me have my little temper tantrum and my speaking out my frustration I know that he was patient and gracious to me but I also know the temptation of that if I allowed that to go too far, that it would take me down a path of actually not um, choosing to lean into God. And so how do we get back on track then? How do we get back on track when we've been so deeply hurt and hurt by people that we trust and people that we believe that have been given the mantle of leadership in particular and they are called to be the shepherds and small group leaders and and all of that. And we trust them. and But when we've been hurt by them and betrayed by them, whatever level that is, and sometimes there is reconciliation and sometimes there's not. So how do we get back on track when we've been hurt so that we don't isolate ourselves? So I'm just going to give you three things that, that God has taught me in my own pain, in my own having to understand what it looks like when I've been hurt by people that I trust on a deeper level. First of all, you have to identify your pain. You can't ignore it, and sometimes the temptation is to not only isolate, but just ignore the pain and just think, well, or, or we just say, it's not that big of a deal if it wasn't that big of a hurt, or if it is a really big hurt, saying, I don't wanna deal with this, this is too painful. So you can have both sides of that spectrum where you minimize it or you say, it's just too hard. It's too hard and I don't wanna deal with this and so I'm just gonna isolate myself and I'm just not gonna deal with it. Well, I'll tell you friends, it will catch up with you later for sure because I've done that and it doesn't happen. So what has to happen is we need to identify the pain. We can't ignore our feelings. Uh, when we have to sit with the pain, we have to ask God, God, sit with me in this pain, help me to unpack it, write about it. Um, there's a couple of great books that can help with this process. And one of them is Mary DeMuth and she, her book is called The Walls Around Your Heart and Anne Graham Lott's, uh, Wounded People When, um, I I should get the I will try to get the right title for you but anyway it's about it's I think the wounded people is in the title or when when wounded people wound people or something like that I know I'm butchering that but anyway um it's, they're both really great books, but the one particular by Anne Graham Lotz really spoke to me because she not only shared stories of her own church hurt, her and her husband experienced several experiences of deep church hurt, and she was very authentic in her book. But she also used the story of Hagar in the Bible, and Hagar is a great story, in the bible you know she was abraham and sarah's servant actually she was sarah's handmaiden or you know her servant and as you know the story abraham and sarah could not conceive a child and god came to them and said that they would have a child but it took a long long time and so sarah decided to intervene and help god out and in those days if you could not conceive a child it was legit to say here take my servant I will have children through her. Well, Hagar got pregnant. Um, she kind of flaunted that and taunted Sarah with that. So that frustrated Sarah. And so Sarah, you know, exiled her to the desert, so to speak. And it was out there that God spoke to her. And and she actually spoke to God and said, You are the God who sees. You know, God revealed himself to her. And as she was an Egyptian, so she wasn't really... Um, she didn't follow Abraham and Sarah's faith, but God revealed her, himself to her, and it was there that we we learn of the name of God, El Roy, which means the God who sees, the God who sees. And so, you know, we have to identify our pain and sit with our pain. So I love that story of Hagar because she's out in the desert, she's dressed, she's, dra- she's devastated from being shoved out of the des, you know, out there. And God tells her she needs to go back. And you can read the story in Genesis 16. It's a great story. And, but anyway, the point is, is that God is saying there to her that he reveals himself to her. You are the God uh, that that sees, you know, and she names him. Uh, It says right here in scripture, So she named the Lord who spoke to her, the God who sees. For she said, Have I really seen here the one who sees me? And so that just reminds me that in our pain, when we've been hurt and wounded by people and cast out even, rejected by people, and even if it's like in Hagar's instance, of course, you know, she was a little bit at fault. She kind of taunted Sarah, but, you know, she didn't really deserve to be thrown out to the desert like that when she was pregnant but God is saying here we see in this story that God does see that he sits with us in our pain that he does see and he does know what's going on and so we have to identify our pain we have to unpack it and we have to ask God to help us with that and sit and just sit with our pain and and to work through it you know Matthew one twenty three also talks about um God is being Emmanuel, right? Jesus is being Emmanuel. This is when the birth of Jesus was proclaimed and said his, you know, his name's going to be Emmanuel. And that word Emmanuel, which we sing at Christmas time, means God with us, right? So even in our pain, God is with us. And we can be sure of that, that he will sit with us in his pain. He's not going to be aloof and on the sideline and mocking us and all of that but God actually will sit with us in your pain so first of all we have to identify our pain if we're gonna get back on track we cannot ignore it I guarantee you if you ignore it it will catch up with you later the second thing is we have to invite community how do we get back on track we have to invite community in other words don't break off from everyone okay Ask God what to do, where to go. Don't fully disconnect from others. Now, as I said here, and each situation is different, and I would not give a one-size-fits-all for this, but if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt, and it's usually just a few people, or might be part of the leadership, if you've been hurt for that, it is really okay to disconnect yourself for a short time temporarily, if there doesn't seem to be any path of reconciliation. If you've tried, you know, the Bible says, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So if you've tried, you've prayed, and it isn't working, and you can't, you know, you agree to disagree, whatever, and you just kinda need time to process, it's okay to disconnect from that, from a little bit, but but not forever, right? So don't disconnect from community for other. Find safe some find somewhere that's safe. Find a small group and find people that will not just listen to you and empathize with you, but people that also tell you the truth. Because you know our emotions can blind us. Our emotions and in our pain can tell us things that aren't true. We can make up stories in our head. Um that just we need to have a balance of truth and having strong community can do that for us. You know, when I was in my greatest, greatest pain and Kevin and I had um, separated and for a short season and then we come back together, and of course you don't fix 30 years of dysfunction overnight, and I was, you know, in terrible pain, and so was he. We both were in pain, and I had two really good friends that really held my arms up and picked me up and said, this is what you need to do to be connected. You need you need this group, this freedom session it was called, this program, you need to sit with it. This will help you sit with your pain. This will help you identify. This will help you work through all the painful emotions and the hurts to see your part of it, to let go of some of it you need to let go of and really be able to process forgiveness as well. And, you know, I couldn't do that at my own church because I was, of course, the pastor's wife there. And so it wouldn't have been appropriate for me to do it there. But they picked me up and they planted me in a place that I knew I needed to be at. And it was it was a God thing from the very beginning, from the very first meeting that I went into. In fact, it had already been going on a few weeks and usually they closed the groups. But they made a special exception for me because I was in a group full of other wives um either pastors or pastors wives in the group and just what happened that night of how God affirmed that I was to be there and one of them spoke out and said that they God had put me on their mind I didn't even know this person but they knew of me and they knew that I was supposed to be a part of that group God had revealed that to them ahead of time so anyway I could tell you lots of stories about my time going through freedom session but the the point I'm trying to get at is we have to invite community. We can't break off totally from everyone. And you can remove yourself temporarily um, from the situation, but find safe community where you can process your pain. And so we get back on track by identifying our pain. We invite community, you know, find a safe place that we can process that pain. And sometimes it is good to go to something like celebrate recovery, freedom session other types of programs that can help us process through what we walk through. Then the third thing we get back on track by seeking the great I am and that is God, right? Seeking God who says I ah, he is the God who sees Elroy, right? Who I talked about from Genesis 16. And just know that he sees, he hears, he knows and remember god's faithfulness to you in the past that's the thing we we tend to forget is when we're so wrapped up in our pain our pain just consumes us we're just bleeding and hemorrhaging and it's all we can do to keep perspective god knows he hears he sees and what we have to do is remember god's faithfulness to us in the past And that he is a good God and that he is on the side of truth. I can remember praying that prayer over and over again because at one point it was so confusing. There were so many conflicting stories and we were trying to get to the bottom of things. And, you know, I was in pain. Other people were in pain and trying to sort through what the truth really was. And I can remember that that's the prayer I was praying. God, I just prayed that you would reveal the truth it isn't about who's right who's wrong but god that you would re- reveal the truth and the truth would come to the to the surface surface and we need to remember too like psalm 34:17 says that God is, you know, he's a good God. It says God is on the side of the righteous, right? God wants the truth to be known. And if we that's our heart's prayer, God will help us to be able to get there. And as long as that's what we want is the truth, he's going to reveal that to us. And whether we need to change our perspective or the God's going to change the other person's perspective, we can rest in that, that God is on the side of the righteous and he wants the truth to come out as well. And so those are just three ways that God has taught me that how do we get back on track you know we identify the pain we invite community and we seek the great I am and know that God is faithful and that he is going to help us like we're not alone we don't have to sit alone in our pain and and you know friends that's what the enemy wants the enemy wants you and I just to, to to think God has abandoned us and that All this pain is heaping on us and we just we're never going to get out of it and it can be a real a really hopeless despairing feeling and that's why it's so important to find those people in our life that can help us get back on track and can keep us stable i remember that so clearly that i had to kind of almost like hand pick and hand select people around in my life to know that i wasn't able to do it alone that i needed that help and I tell you, they were just lifesavers to me on, on a number of levels. And so I hope that is encouraging you today. This is a huge, huge topic, and we obviously can't unpack it all in one session. But I just want to encourage you so much that if you've been hurt by the church, and it's just hard for you to even come to grips with walking back into a church, I just pray that God would help you that he would reveal himself to you and he would show you the way he would show you the truth and not to disconnect yourself from God first of all right to not isolate yourself and then disconnect yourself from other people and knowing that you know it's important to 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 work through and sit through the pain and so until next time I hope that I just pray for you. In fact, I, I just really feel led right now. I just would really love to pray for you because I know that there are listeners out there who just feel like their situation is hopeless. And and sometimes it it looks like that. To be honest with you, sometimes it looks like... I've sat with people who have been deeply wounded by people in the church, and they have been devastated to the point of spending days and weeks even not even being able to function because they felt so deeply devastated and just walking with them and and through you know helping them and praying for them was the the greatest gift you know that we can give others and that they can give us as well we can be you know the hands and feet of Jesus during that time to um, love unconditionally in those in those seasons so God I just pray right now I thank you lord that you love the church and that you have designed the church uh, for a number of reasons god to bring you glory to worship you first of all to gather together to encourage to equip one another um, so that we could do the the good work of the gospel you've given us so many tools to be able to work together lord in the church and yet we know that sometimes, Lord, we get tripped up and we get hurt, and people hurt us and we hurt other people. And yet, God, you know, you call us to forgive and to pray and to bless others. And sometimes that is super hard. It's really hard to do when we've been so devastated and then so shocked by what's happened. And so, God, I just pray for the listeners today for the person that's out there who really has just given up on the church and said I'm done with this forget it I'm just gonna do my thing at home and just keep keep everybody at a distance and I just pray God that you would come alongside them that you promise that you are near to the brokenhearted and that you actually save those crushed in spirit so God, for those people that need to be saved today, their spirits are crushed, God, they need to be held, they need to be loved, Um, they need you to sit with them in their pain. They would know, God, just like Hager, you are the God who sees. This doesn't surprise you, and you sit there with them. So I just pray for healing over their heart. I pray that your healing balm of grace and love and truth, God, would wash over them today. And you would lift them up and that they would be able to have their head lifted up and anointed with your loving um, kindness and grace and mercy, God. And so I just thank you and ask this in your name. Amen. I just want to share one story with you uh, before I move on to the anchor coaching Um I can remember this was about oh when I was right kind of in the healing process just coming out of um you know the recognition of the pain and and trying to sit with the pain and you just feel so raw and your emotions are so raw and somebody bumps into you you know you just cry and you just there's days where I just wept and wept and it's just you know it's just almost like physically you ache so much because the pain runs so deep And I can remember being at a uh, women's event and hearing some things that were really hard to hear um, in the moment. And I can remember that God gave me this picture and I don't often get these pictures, but I remember during the worship, God gave me this, this picture of like, almost like waters that were being parted. Almost like, you know, you think of the story of the Red Sea. So something quite on that scale. And I can remember um, this picture. I still see this very clearly of Jesus walking ahead of me, and turning around and looking at me and holding in his hand this this red heart, this heart. And and I just remember f- following behind him, but just hurting so painfully and just like almost like bleeding. Right, like I'm just bleeding pain. And Jesus kept turning around and looking at me in the eyes and just holding my heart saying to me that i have got you i'm holding your heart i'm holding your broken heart i'm holding this pain i'm not going to let you walk through this alone and i'm not going to let these waters on either side cover you and drown you and have you you know be submerged in this hopeless sea of nothingness that i am here and we are going to walk through this together and I'll never forget that because in that moment, I was feeling so hopeless, like I would never get over the pain. I would never be able to recover from the betrayal and the hurt of what I experienced. And it was just such a kiss from heaven from God to me of giving me that visual, I'm a very visual person, That's I learn best by that, I'm creative and so that's how God speaks to me sometimes. And I just will never forget that. And I will never be, that will never be erased from my mind of seeing Jesus turn around to make sure, reminding me, giving me that reassurance that I've got you. I've got your heart. I'm holding your heart. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal your heart. This isn't going to go on forever. You're not going to feel like this forever. And I'm going to take care of you. And it was just such a beautiful, beautiful picture of God's love for us, how much grace he has for us and how he cares for us and how he feels so deeply our pain when we're hurting. And we know that he's gone before us. We have a great question today following along the same lines of the topic when church hurts and the question that came in is how do we keep encouraging each other and keeping community during these difficult times and that's such a great question because church does not look the same right now and it is very different for many of us some people are meeting in small groups I know churches in the area that are meeting in their parking lots, they're having church on the lawn, church in drive-in church, and so it's different. And a lot of small groups are meeting through Zoom meetings. And so it's just really, really different. And all of those ways can be encouraging, but how can we keep the faith and keep the torch burning brightly and encouraging community with each other? And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, and some of you who are listening will not remember this, about what church was like before we actually had lots of technology. And I was thinking like, what if this happened even you know 15 years ago, 20 years ago? If we would have had this pandemic and would have had shutdown, it would have been a lot more difficult. But here's some ways we can encourage greater community and to you know really just kind of bolster each other up. And I was thinking, you know, I love it when I get a handwritten note in the mail. My daughter-in-law uh, Brittany, she does great at this. She loves sending notes. And I just think that's a lost art. And so during this time when we are struggling more, how nice would it be to get a handwritten note in the mail from someone encouraging one another? And I know, you know, texting is great and sending private messages on Facebook and email is awesome too. But I just think, you know, that handwritten note on a beautiful card or just even a plain piece of paper, you know, slipped into an envelope at home, I think is just a really nice gesture. So that's one way we can encourage each other. Another way is the Bible says, you know, we're to encourage each other, you know, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and truth. And that's so important. And, you know, that's, I'm not doing a great job of, of, giving you the exact version of that from the New Testament. But there's a lot of scriptures that talk about, you know, encouraging each other. And one of the ways we can encourage each other is, of course, by sharing God's truth. And, you know, worship music is powerful in that. And I just love it. I've had people send me messages that say, hey, I listened to this song today. It really encouraged my heart, it really lifted my spirits. I just wanted to send it to you. It reminded me just to God reminded me, you know, I, I should share this with you. And I just think that's another way to encourage each other. So there's all different ways that we can do this. And I just, I would just ask you and, you know, tell myself too, just pray about ways that we can continue to encourage each other in community and just reminding each other that, you know, God has us in this season for a reason and a purpose. It's not easy. We don't know. He's asking us to look at how do we do church? Can we do it differently? The church is people. And so I just think there's a lot of creative ways we can do that. So those are just a few ideas that came to mind as I was thinking about this question. Then I also wanted to let you know that the couple of books that were I've promised that we're giving away, I extended some time on that and we had our special guest uh, Edie Melson who came and had a we had a great interview with her soul care when you're weary is what she's written about it's a wonderful book on how to have that creative connection with God to restore your weary soul and so Angela Hudson you are the winner of this book and so I'll be getting that out to you I'm so excited for you to receive that and then Jean and Carol Kent also were a guest on the show and I just love them and they've written a new book called staying power it's a great book on marriage they wrote it co-authored it with Dave and Cindy Lambert and it's just a great book that talks about you know how do we you know strengthen those bonds that we already have in those marriage uh, and in marriage so that when the hard times come and the storms storms come that we can weather the storm in a successful way, um, in, in a marriage relationship. And so Denise Miller, you are the winner of that book and I'll be sending that out to you. And I just love giving gifts and giving things away. And so as we have more guests on the show, we've got lots of guests lined up and they've offered to share their books with you. And so I'm looking forward to that. And we have one more week this week since we're on this When Church Hurts. Um, so if you make a comment in my Facebook uh, page, Cynthia Kavanaugh or Instagram, on this particular episode, Jody Harris is giving away a copy of uh, She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith, in which she has written two chapters. About and one of them has to do with about her experience that she shared last week. And so we'd love to have you have a chance to have the copy, so be sure that you post on either the the meme from last week, a comment, or this week, and we'll be sure and put you in the drawing and get that out to you uh, as soon as we can. And before we say goodbye for good today, I just wanted to give a little bit of a teaser I'm really excited about this. I'm going to be launching a brand new course next month called Right Away. It's a it's the Right Away starter course and the question I get most often from writers or people that I meet or or writers, aspiring writers and authors are, I have so many ideas, I don't know where to start and I know God's nudged me to write about my story and how do I start? And So I'm really excited about launching this course to help people move from feeling scattered and wondering if you even have anything to contribute to feeling confident and experience clarity and focus in your writing. So it's just a really short course. It'll be four weeks and I'll be giving you four weeks of practical step-by-step hands-on teaching to clarify your writing path. And I'm going to mostly be focusing on emphasis on how to connect your core values or what's most important to your message. Because if you know what's really important to you and your core values, and I'm going to show you ways to discover that if you haven't worked on that before, and how to actually connect that with the message that God's put on your heart, then we'll be having a private Facebook group with weekly live coaching sessions, questions, and peer feedback Lots of resources for you and it's just going to be a great time and I'm really excited about that so I'm going to invite you to stay tuned and listen for a webinar, the free webinar that I'll be offering uh, the, in the first part of August. I'll give you details on that in the couple of weeks to come because that is just really just right around the corner. It will be on my Facebook page, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and my Instagram as well with the specifics of that and how you can sign up for the free webinar and then learn about the new course that's coming up. And so it was great to have you today, and I look forward to answering your questions next week. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time. Remember, you are not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.